Welcome aboard the Travel DJ Blend Podcast. Rest assured, your captain and host, Brian B., has logged extensive destination event miles as a headlining private event DJ. So expect to reach new heights each and every episode. Your captain will cover everything from DJ tips and tricks, travel hacks, and entrepreneurial advice. Keep your seat in the upright position while we bring you interviews with industry pros, pop culture commentary, and of course, music recs. The perfect blend. The fasten seatbelt sign is on, as we will likely experience turbulence from knowledge nuggets and truth bombs being dropped regularly. You're going to need your tray table, as taking notes is optimal. Smoking is prohibited on this flight, but your mindset shift will be fire. Your crew will be elevating the conversation and challenging the status quo. We know you have a choice when you fly this high, and we thank you for choosing the Travel DJ Blend Podcast. Here's your captain, Brian B. Enjoy your flight. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to season five of the Travel DJ Blend podcast. I'm Brian B., your host. Excited to kick off another season with you all. So I wanted to hit you with a couple of things that always will remain true with this podcast, which is our focus. There's three buckets that we'll fill on one of the episodes. Either it's a 301 business strategy bucket, or it will be a one-of-a-kind music find episode, or it will be a travel hacks episode. So those will remain constant. Some of the new upcoming things we're going to do this season. One, I'm going to share more resources and have you hear from the pros that help support what I do. And I'm hoping that it will help you your business as well, whether you're a DJ who's listening to this or just an entrepreneur in general. So every month I'm going to have some type of interview with a pro that I'm using that I think you need to know about. Second is that I'm really going to pour into my premium podcast community. If you go to my website, thetraveldjblend.com, click on premium content, you can subscribe through our Patreon. And so every episode that I've released publicly, I will have a bonus episode. Sometimes that will be part of continuation of maybe where we leave off here and you can continue the conversation through a bonus episode that I'll put out with more content along the same lines. Or sometimes it'll just be a random thing that happened at a gig or an event that I want to share some learnings from. And maybe it's not meant for public consumption as far as just for anybody to be able to access. Like there might be something having to do with the client that might be sensitive information that I don't want them to stumble upon unless they're paying premium content podcast subscriber. But I can talk a little bit more candidly about the story or about what happened. So for the bonus episode that you'll hear on Patreon this week, I'm going to share with you some lessons that I learned traveling internationally this last week in Jamaica. I've been in this travel game, gosh, going on 12 years doing the traveling component and having that be a focus. And I hadn't run into these issues before. So if you're traveling and doing events in, let's say, Mexico or Jamaica or the Bahamas or Turks and Caicos, a place where there's resorts, this will be great intel. So you'll have to check it out on the bonus episode that's just now uploaded to Premium Podcast Community on Patreon. And again, you can get to it on thetraveldjblend.com. As for this episode that's going out to the public, I wasn't actually going to record this specific topic, which I'm entitling this episode, How I 
receive a 75% deposit, but I felt it necessary because it comes on the heels of a listener who heard my last episode, which was the last of season four, episode 52, where I happened to mention in the episode that I was taking a 75% deposit on my talent fee. And so this person who's a private event DJ himself decided to change the terms and now is starting to ask for a 75% deposit. And he received some pushback, which I'll read you the text that he sent me. So you have some context, but obviously he was looking for some advice on how to respond to this client because they were giving him a hard time on this deposit. Now, one thing I will caution you when you listen to my episodes, unless I'm telling you to make a specific change to your business and giving you the steps to do so, which is a very key I wouldn't encourage you just to make a change because you're going to run into what this person ran into. Now, maybe that's just how my brain works. I know not to make those changes until I have all the pieces in place, but I realized it should probably take a little bit of responsibility, even though I didn't explicitly say to make these changes, I should have given you some more context as to how in the world do you charge a 75% deposit. So for that, I felt like I needed to come back on here and talk a little bit more about that. Hey, private event DJs, are you still planning your clients' events with the Google Doc or a Spotify playlist? If so, let me help you out. Vibo is a music and event planning app for your clients that I've been using for years. Not only has it been a great perk in booking my services, but it's the only tool that has ever been mentioned in client reviews. Vibo saves you time. It syncs your music from your clients' requests in seconds, and it integrates with your music software of choice. Now here's an exclusive offer for my podcast listeners. Save $10 off your first month subscription by entering the promo code DJBrianB when booking your free demo on Vibo's website. This one small change will level up your business. Visit VibodJ.com, enter the promo code DJBrianB, and book your free demo today. So here was the text to me from the DJ. I changed my contract to take a 75% deposit and I got this text today from a bride who I sent the contract to. You had said you take 75% upfront as a talent fee. He also says in this email or this text to me, I did discount this bride, but it's still good money for me. How would you reply? Well, first thing first, why in the world would you discount? You're sending a very confusing message that I'm discounting, but yet I'm taking a 75% deposit. Like those two things don't allow line. So that's problem number one. You have to believe in yourself enough to go, this is my getting out of bed rate and I'm going to stand by it. And if a client can understand that, then they're probably not the right client for me. Now I will say, I know this particular DJ and some cultures inherently the way they operate is that they almost expect a discount. That's just how the culture is. So you have to build that in knowing that there's going to be a discount and that's just part of the way that you sell it. In other words, that's just a cultural thing. So it's not done as a, to close the sale, I'm giving an additional discount. You know going in, that's just a cultural thing. So let's say that your get out of bed rate is, I'm just gonna throw out a number, but let's just say it's $2,500. Well, then you would print that the actual get out of bed rate is, I don't know, $3,000. And you're giving them a $500 break. That's the true number for you to get out of bed is $2,500. So you built that in knowing that you're gonna have to give that because the culture kind of demands that you do. And again, that's very rare. There's only certain cultures where that's the case, but that's kind of how you get around that. Let's read the text from the bride 
to the DJ. Apparently this was the last part of the text to them because it says, lastly, we see that you require a 75% deposit to retain your services. I'm going to stop there. What I said on the episode was a 75% deposit on the talent. That doesn't say that here. He said he, it was a 75% deposit on the talent, but what's included in the talent? If it's the overall fee, I would never take 75% up front because it's just ingenuous. And I'll get to that in a second. So this bride continues. We would really love to work with you. However, we feel that a 25% deposit up front with the remainder paid a week prior to the event is much more fair and is the industry standard and norm. I'm gonna stop there. Holy cow, so much wrong with this statement. She says, we feel that a 25% deposit up front is much more fair. Fair to who? And this person says, this is much more fair and is the industry standard and norm. Again, says who? If it is, then there's a differentiator for you. Hopefully you're not average. So of course the terms are going to be different because you're unique. You're one of a one. She closes out the text by saying, we want to create a relationship of mutual trust, which is hilarious to me that she wants to create the trust and have you take a 25% where she's holding all the cards at 75 right? We want to create a relationship of mutual trust and have recently completed a wedding where that was the norm for almost all vendors. So there she admits that it's not all vendors, that it's almost all vendors. And that's a moot point to me. That means that those businesses have a terrible process. And then the last paragraph of her text says this, additionally, while we have absolutely no plans to cancel our wedding, we truly don't know what can happen as we have all learned with COVID. So this protects us as a host as well. Again, if you your previous paragraph talks about creating a relationship of mutual trust and fairness. How in the world is this fair to the provider when you're asking them to take on all the risk? My reply to the DJ was this, and this is our jumping off point for this episode. I said a 75% talent deposit has to be tied to work earned. I'm guessing that's not how it was presented. And this person replied, it was not. It was presented as a package. I've said this on this podcast so many times. I hate packages. Packages imply that anybody can get the same service. Any client can walk in the door. It's almost like you're taking them down the bread aisle of a grocery store and everybody's going to get the exact same experience if they pick that specific package. And how in the world can you charge a premium for your service when everybody can have the same experience? It's a hard sell. You might get it once or twice due to luck, but the higher you go up the price point, the less that's going to work. You're sending two completely separate messages. You're saying, hey, I'm gonna give you a unique experience, but the thing you're gonna buy is what anybody could buy if they have the money. So first of all, get off of packages if you're starting to charge a premium. You should be able to send a custom quote that feels every bit as premium as the price you're going to ask for. That's mistake number one he made. Second mistake is he didn't tie any of this to work being earned. And I didn't go into detail on my last episode about what the 75% breaks down to. I have talked about it in past episodes, but I realized that there are new listeners every episode and I got to make sure to be a little bit more clear. So for me personally, I have come up with a four-step process for the delivery of DJ services that I give to a client. And through that assessment, I realized that 75% of the work that I do is done prior to the event happening. I'm attributing the day of service, so me performing, as really the payoff for the work that I already put in ahead of it. 
Is there value there? Yes. But what am I saying to a client that the performance is not where the value lies? The value lies in what I'm bringing to the table ahead of the event, which for me is all the creativity that I'm putting into our meetings and talking about the day of and kind of crafting this entertainment experience, if you will, right? The performance, while it's important and I weigh it equally among my four steps, it's only 25%. So if I just show up the day of and perform and don't do all the other things, it's going to be an okay performance, but it's not going to be what it could be because I wasn't giving it the other 75%. So with that being said, I always tie any kind of money to work being completed. So to get to real brass tacks here, that 75% is going towards administration costs that I incur to get the contract ready, to get the communication between us going. Even me scheduling the meeting to have this consultation with them is stuff that the client is paying on the back end for. If they don't book, they're realizing a little bit of that value without having to pay for it. But any kind of invoicing, contracting, correspondence is all kind of administration costs that they're going to be paying for. The second one, which is probably the biggest of all of them, but I think it's weighed equally amongst the four parts at 25% is what I would call discovery. And discovery for me is very broad. Some of this is realized before they even have a call with me. You know, I'm looking into who these people are. I look at their wedding website. I do some recon on who they are and their socials. I look at the venue that they're going to have it at. If I'm not familiar with it, especially as a traveling DJ, I go to a lot of places where the first time I'm going to step foot on the property is the day of. So to know what I need and and to ask the right questions, I've got to do some recon on this stuff. And then after they book, that might shift more into music and planning and creative design, if you will, and less on discovery of a place or the people, but more on the music side, right? So discovery is massive and it's very nuanced. I'm just scratching the surface here on this episode on just some of the things that's encompassed within that. And then the third step are two meetings that I have with a client that I think are absolutely mission critical for the way that I deliver my artistry. The first is what I would call a music foundation meeting. I won't go into the nitty gritty here, but let's just say that it sets the foundation of the musical soundtrack we're going to create together. And this happens about 10 weeks after booking. And then the other meeting is something I call a creative music planning meeting. And this happens about 60 days out. Now for me, it's all about the prep for that meeting, making sure I have the questions right, making sure that I've got all my I's dotted, T's crossed, and looking at floor plans, looking at the timeline, all of those things, right? So my point is, is that my time is valuable, my brain is valuable, and none of that is going to get accomplished without getting paid for it. What I don't want to do is do that work and then all of a sudden realize the payment. Hey DJs, real quick, Brian B here with a tip. One of the hottest DJ music pools right now is Heavy Hits. Are you familiar with it? You need to be. They cover literally every genre, from top 40 to hip hop to Latin to Afro beats and more. Not only that, but their curated playlists and charts, including trending Spotify and TikTok tracks, are second to none. The interface is easy to use, and they have a ton of exclusive edits, which I use on the regular. But you want to know the best part? For my podcast listeners, I have a special promo code that will give you a 30-day trial for $5. Yep, you heard that right, $5. Go to heavyhits.com and enter the promo code BRIANB. That's heavyhits.com, and the promo code is BRIANB, all one word, no spaces. Take advantage of this right now and up your music game today. 
So a couple of things here. The first is I'm not asking for money for the performance part or what I'm quantifying as the performance part of the pie until we get really close to the event. Also, there are other components that I'm not charging a deposit on. That is the production costs, the gear. I don't charge a deposit for that because if the event doesn't happen, let's just say worst case to this lady's point, if COVID comes back, then I'm not having to pay any money back because I never collected it in the first place. Now, as we get closer, it's due on the balance fee, which is not a week prior, by the way. I would never do a week prior. I used to be 30 days. Now I'm 60 days out is when I expect that balance payment to be due. And I go back to what I said on the last episode that he or she with the most money wins. And it's not, again, what you can charge. It's who has it in their possession. And in this case, if this client has 75% of the fee, in theory, they could cancel. There might be a little pain in that, but they control all the cards. In my case, the way I'm positioning it is that 75% is for work that is going to be realized because all three of those steps minus those meetings taking place, the prep for those meetings is being realized. So that's what I'm collecting on. And this is a huge part of my initial sales call, as a lot of people will refer to it as. In my case, I call it a discovery call. And I talk about these four steps and I talk about what that 75% is going to go towards. And I've figured out about how much time I'm putting into these events. For myself, it's between 30 to 40 hours. And that includes the day of, of which might be 10 to 12 of that. So again, 75% of the time is up front and that is what they're paying for. I would never just slide the 75% in there off of a package and let them figure out why I'm charging that. This is something that you have to explain to a client so they can fully grasp your process and see if they resonate with it. I mean, truth be told, this particular client looks like a complete red flag for me on so many levels. There's no way I would take this job, even if she was willing to pay the 75%. Just by the way she's worded this, I don't fault her for asking these questions or trying to get this to move, but just doesn't seem like the kind of client that I would want to do business with because if they're like this already, they're never going to appreciate the process that I'm going to take them through. So I told this DJ I would be doing an episode on this, never gave him my reply. So I'm going to do that publicly on this particular episode here and just say this, hi, whoever, I'd love to schedule a follow-up call so I can walk you through why the 75% deposit is imperative for me to deliver my best work. I realize now I didn't spend near enough time explaining this to you, so I'd appreciate the opportunity to walk you through my process. This is all in the name of delivering my best work, which every client of mine deserves, but can only be realized in following my process, which includes the financial terms. Let me know what works best for you and we'll make that call happen ASAP. That would be me if I really wanted the job still and I felt like every other piece was in there about this client that I liked. It was just that I didn't explain it well on the front end. So that's why I need to have this other call just to make sure we're on the same page. But based on the way she worded that text, the way I would really answer this if it was me being asked to DJ this event is this. Hi, so-and-so. Thanks for the text. While I do think I am the right fit to be able to deliver my best work for you, your family, and your guests, my process and the financial investment needed to deliver my best requires a 75% talent investment up front. With that in mind, it appears we are not a fit after all. We wish you the best in your search. Have an amazing wedding experience. 
and then sign my name. Now, there's a chance they may come groveling back to you and try to negotiate, but you have to stand your ground. Like I said, hold the line. If you're not willing to do that, then what you're saying, maybe not verbatim with your words, but definitely by your actions, is that my process and my financial requirements aren't as important as I'm saying that they are. As this DJ said, I did discount this bribe, but it's still good money for me. That makes me nervous. Because the minute you start to do something for just money and not for any of the other reasons, such as it satisfies your creative itch, you know you can deliver your best stuff with this particular client or you have the best chance of success to do so. Those are the things that should move the needle. When it's just about the money, it's never a good reason. So with that, I hope this episode has been helpful. And with that, I'm going to sign off. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening. You can find this podcast on multiple platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you have a topic you'd like covered, DM us on Instagram at the Travel DJ Blend. We'd appreciate you sharing the love with a comment or a share on our social media posts for this episode. And if you are really digging the content, help us with the algorithms by leaving a review on any of the platforms we just mentioned. Until our next time together, this is the Travel DJ Blend Podcast.